Welcome to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. The mission of Vows to Keep is to help couples develop a biblically healthy marriage through the application of God's Word and a deeper relationship with Him. They desire to help you and your spouse grow closer to each other and closer to the heart of God's design for your marriage. Now, here's David and Tracy with today's broadcast. If you visited our house a few years ago when our kids were little, you would often hear the sound of VeggieTales playing in the background. One of our family favorites is the story of the Good Samaritan. Was this the one where there was these opposing vegetable towns and some of them wore pots and some of them wore shoes on their heads to kind of showcase who they were loyal to? Oh, and the other thing I remember is the evil robbers. They were out to steal Larry's lunch money. Is this the right story? Yeah, they turned Larry upside down and shook him till his lunch money fell out. (laughs) So to this day, we still sing the song that the people sang, the two that were just too busy to help poor Larry boy as he was lying there on the side of the road. He was all bent and broken. They sang this song, busy, busy, dreadfully Dreadfully busy. busy. I don't want to keep singing. (laughs) (laughs) They said they were so busy. They were shockingly busy, much, much too busy for you. This movie reflects the story that we can read in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 30. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant or a Levite walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. To be fair, it was more than just busyness that caused them to pass by this poor victim. Luke 10.31 says that when the priest saw the man, he went to the other side of the road and he kept going. The Levite who walks by does the exact same thing. Neither of them wanted to get close to this guy. The Bible says that they were traveling on the same road as the guy who was robbed and they probably had somewhere to go. They figured, you know what? This guy is of no concern to me. They didn't want to be bothered. Without a word, these men who refused to stop and help shows us what the real problem is. It is in their hearts. Because of who they were, they're a priest and a Levite, we know that they were well aware of what the law said. They knew that what God was really asking of them was to step up in a situation like this. Yet, they keep going down the road. They don't even look back. Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen says this, As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. The priest and the Levite in this story would have been considered very religious men, people that were honored, even respected. Their opinions were sought after, but sometimes our head knowledge of God and his word doesn't translate into the real life scenarios where the rubber really meets the road. We don't want to live out what we just read in our morning devotions. Can you relate? Jesus says that whatever we do to the least among us, we do that for Jesus. So what if it was you passing along the road and Jesus was lying there in need of help? What would your reaction be? What about this scenario? Picture Jesus knocking on your front door tonight. What would your reaction be? 
Your heart would be shown in your response to that situation. That's exactly what happens in the account of Jesus visiting Mary and Martha's home. And we find the story right after the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. So let's pick up in Luke 10 right now, starting in verse 38. We'll read the account of Mary and Martha. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. It's interesting that God made us in such a way that our own heart is shown by our actions and our words. I mean, this story is about two people that are in the same house with a job to be done. It sounds a bit like our house, Tracy, right? We have guests over all the time, and when there's company coming, there's always extra stuff to be done. It's sometimes a little frantic. Now, in our marriage, let's say that Jesus did stop by tonight. How would you respond to having a guest like that? I can picture myself being kind of panicked. Would I be the one to try to impress him with our domestic dexterity? Would you send him away because you're not ready for him? Would one of you attempt to maybe entertain him while the other person worked to get your house in tip-top shape? Or would we be like Martha, working to cook the most wonderful dinner ever? Today on Vows to Keep Radio, we've already met a number of people. We've met the victim on the side of the road and the two men who passed by and wouldn't help. You've met Mary, Martha, and Jesus. Now I'd like to introduce you to a couple, Busy Bailey and Distracted Dylan. Busy Bailey tries to have a conversation with her beloved husband. The sinking feeling she gets is that he isn't really tuned in to what she's saying. As she's asking him if he can take next Thursday night off work to come to the kids' band concert, she sees he's checking his iPhone at the same time. Days later, when she asks about the summer vacation that's coming up, he nods his head but never takes his eyes off of the game on TV. As she tells him about her day, he's thinking about the things that need to be done at work, and he's got that faraway look in his eye. Somewhere there is a wife listening who can relate, I am sure of it. Distracted Dylan might even be a Christian who sits down every now and then to read his Bible, but one verse in and his mind begins to wander down at least five different paths. He is distracted. We know that every marriage is made of two sinners, so now on to Busy Bailey. She can't even grasp the concept of sitting at the feet of Jesus, but she sure is hectically serving. She is busy, 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 shockingly busy. We have no idea what she has to do, but she's always running from one thing to the next. She falls into bed at the end of the day, exhausted, and she's wondering why her husband hasn't helped her more. Maybe tomorrow she'll try telling some more people what to do. Maybe even hinting to God some suggestions that might lighten her load. Busy Bailey doesn't have much peace in her life. She wouldn't even know what that looks like. She would rather do than be because that's where she gets her identity from. She may know who Christ is, but fails to remind herself who she is in Christ. Her service to her family and to the volunteer groups that she's associated with has limited effectiveness because she has such a put-out, joyless chip on her shoulder. 
You know the kind of attitude that, unbeknownst to her, actually cancels the benefit of all of the hard work for those that she serves. They'd almost prefer the work be undone rather than deal with the guilt that she interjects with her sighs and frustration. These are real people, and they might be the people who signed your marriage license. When we think about Mary and Martha, we can easily see what's going on in their hearts from how they react to the visit of Jesus. So how about you in your own home? Are you busy Bailey, ignoring the need you have for a close relationship with Jesus? Or are you distracted Dylan, showing your creator the same attention and love you show your wife? As we read today from Luke chapter 10, what jumps out at you about Martha? For me, I immediately see something that I deal with all the time, and that's frustration. Martha was irritated that she was the lone servant in the house that day. She knew there was a lot of work to be done, there usually is, and she demanded help. What ended up happening was she put servanthood of Jesus before knowing him and learning from him. She had things in the wrong order, just like you and I often do. She was trying to earn favor from Jesus by doing something for him. Her actions showed it was more important for her to do than just be. And she learned a hard lesson that day. Service alone causes things like resentment, scorekeeping, and ultimately frustration. It's like Martha is trying to impress Jesus at the cost of her own growth. She's yet to learn that a love for Jesus and knowing his love for us is what causes us to want to serve him, but it doesn't come at the expense of having a relationship with him. Learning at the feet of Jesus combined with the love of Jesus allows us to serve with wisdom and perseverance. Vows to Keep is supported by a team which includes biblical coaches, writers, and pastoral advisors. If you have a desire to serve marriages in your community, we would love to hear from you. Vows to Keep is a not-for-profit marriage ministry designed to bring God's encouraging truth to the marriages of our area. As a not-for-profit organization, our commitment to Christ-like marriages includes providing much-needed services regardless of a couple's financial ability to offset the cost of Vows to Keep operations. If you are unable to donate your time or abilities but would like to help support Vows to Keep financially, Visit VowsToKeep.com and click on the donate link. We see that Martha is actually making a trade here. She's choosing a good thing rather than the best thing. Jesus nails it right on the head when he says that Martha is worried and distracted by many things. I can so relate. There are so many good things in my life that I'm worried and distracted by. And many times I get so wrapped up in them that really they end up having the run of the show. My to-do list becomes my priority and I end up not doing the most important thing, which is putting Jesus first, setting aside all my busyness to learn from my Lord. In my service to my family, I can often even be starting out with a heart to help and to love, but I have to keep my motivation in check. What starts out as maybe trying to help someone or just keep up with the housework or doing something that I know would please my husband turns into seeking satisfaction and commendation from my performance. This can quickly turn into aggravation when we see those around us aren't pulling their fair share. So we don't feel like we're being poured into as much as we're pouring out. Could the evidence of your daily behavior be convicting you right now to shift gears, to be the person intently focused on learning at Jesus' feet? 
I hope so. Honestly, I can be a whole lot more like Martha than I am like Mary. Sometimes I get so busy performing the tasks of the moment or thinking about the things that are come tomorrow that I miss who's in the room with me. I can be physically present with Tracy, but my heart can be far away. I might be serving Tracy, but I am missing her completely. I can be that busy Bailey. As you serve your family, here's a good question to keep in mind. Are you too busy, too bossy, and too distracted like Martha is in Luke chapter 10? Or do you know your place and your heart is at peace like Mary? We read earlier from Proverbs 27 where it says the heart reflects the real person. Well, Luke 6.45 is much more direct. It says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. God's word says plain and clear that our actions and words tell the whole world. They tell our spouse and our family what the real us is really like. Me on the inside. So what do you think Mary's heart was like? Mary seemed to know what was most important. She had probably sat at the feet of Jesus before and was thrilled at the opportunity to do it again. She probably recognized that she was a sinner who needed that Savior. She knows that serving someone, especially Jesus, is awesome, but she also knows that he wants our hearts first before he wants our service. The same thing holds true in your marriage. We get so busy doing really good, good things, and then we find them as a viable excuse for not dealing with what's going on in our own hearts toward our spouse. We're going through the motions of everyday things in a marriage, but we're not taking time to stop and actually make our marriages biblically healthy. I think in order for Mary to be at peace enough to see and actually set aside those distractions, she had to be someone who wanted more. She had gotten fed up with the routine of brushing it all under the rug and pretending that everything was just hunky-dory. I know Mary wasn't perfect, but it seemed like she was ready to truly learn from her teacher. I think she might have had her priorities straight. So what do you want more? A bumpy rug in the middle of your marriage with all the things you don't want to deal with just brushed underneath and you keep on walking over them day after day? Or are you tired of that? Do you want to learn? Are you humble enough to go to Jesus and lay all your finite efforts aside and listen to his teaching for you? Would you be willing to stomp the chaos to sit at his feet and ask him to teach you his way of doing marriage? Just like it is with our hearts, Jesus' heart is also clearly shown in his words and his actions. We see that here in Luke 10. He says these words, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it. It will not be taken away from her. Here he shows that he wasn't concerned with being served as dinner on time or even that he got dinner at all. He told Martha that Mary was choosing the one thing that truly mattered in life, and that was being with him, hearing his words, learning his way of doing life. What a beautiful example we have here. We see him putting his own needs aside, actually wanting to give to Mary. He knows there's work to be done, and he knows that's important too. He's got this order straight though. His priorities are an example to us. His intention's not just to try to ridicule Martha. He's actually trying to make an example of Mary. Martha's demand to tell Jesus to tell Mary to get to work is a telltale sign that she really hadn't ever taken the time to know Jesus. 
She may have been with him before or heard his teachings, but the way she's reacting says she doesn't know the heart of the Savior. Because when we spend time with Jesus, we get to know his heart. And then our actions reflect that and how we treat others in our lives, especially those closest to us, like our spouses. Think about it. What would it mean to your spouse if in the middle of your frantic, hectic service, instead of being the guy singing the VeggieTale, busy, busy, I'm far too busy for you song, you actually sat down and you listened to what they had to say. What would it mean to them if you let dinner be at nine o'clock because they were more of a priority to you than the preparation of dinner? How loudly would your spouse hear, I love you, if you let the work emails wait until tomorrow? These type of actions come when we first make time for our Lord, and then it becomes second nature to make time for our spouse. We hear it all the time. The good plan to make time in our day to read God's word, to pray, to listen to our Lord, but then sin rears its ugly head, and we go into retreat mode. Many times we go into work mode. I want to look for just a minute with you at Genesis 3.8. Here we have Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, walking with the Lord every day. After they had eaten of the fruit and they knew they had sinned, it says they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. You see, when there's sin in our hearts, we don't want to be in God's presence because he's holy. So we hide. When we live in that state of heart, we can't be like Mary, soaking up what God has for us and our marriage. This actually might be a circumstance of pride versus humility because it takes the ultimate in humility to go to Jesus, to open our heart to him, to let him see everything in us that may not be pleasing to him and to ask for forgiveness. And then to do like Mary did, start over by deliberately spending time with him. So Mary's got this right. And I'm going to call her must have Jesus, Mary, because must have Jesus, Mary has got her priorities straight. She knows the food's not going to get on the table by itself. She knows of the work that needs to be done, but she also knows the house is not on fire. It can wait. She's not trying to be mean to Martha and leave all the preparations just to her. She's probably wishing that Martha would stop freaking out and just come and enjoy Jesus. She knows what her heart needs. It isn't to feel useful. It isn't to have things perfect in her life. Must have Jesus Mary needs Jesus to fill her heart. She's tried other stuff, and nothing fits right. She knows that she needs forgiveness that can only come from Jesus Christ. So once she's begun that relationship with her wonderful Savior and knows the joy of being in his presence, nothing else will do. She knows the truth of Psalm 1611, that Jesus will make known her path of life. And in his presence, there is a fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. She knows her place and her priorities, and she's not given to the frantic emotion. She's peaceful in her heart. She is must-have Jesus, Mary. Which one are you? Would you consider yourself a busy Bailey today or maybe a distracted Dylan? Truly more of a Martha as you go about your day, too busy, too bossy, and too distracted? Or are you a must-have Jesus, Mary, seeking his face for forgiveness, life, and truth, setting some things to the side in order to make spending time with God number one in your day. Martha could have spent that time sitting next to Mary, but even if she did, she could have had her spiritual ears stopped up. If her heart was still distracted by what was not being done, she would have been in the exact same place in her heart. 
not really ready to learn. We can attempt to clean up how we talk, what we do, what we think, but if it's not a real heart change that's happening, it's all for naught. Just like the priest and the Levite who passed up the opportunity to help a brother in need, if we're motivated by the hope that someone would just see how religious we are, we've done little more than the guy who just walks past. It all starts in the heart. Our loving actions toward others need to first come by loving and knowing our Savior. When we spend time with Jesus, we know how much we've been loved. Our hearts actually are going to want to give that love away too. So what if Jesus stopped by tonight? We've asked that question a few times, and he's spending time in your living room. What if he said he wanted to teach you how to do marriage his way? Would you make excuses and let yourself get distracted so you don't have to deal with what's in your heart? Only God can help us with our hearts. He's the one who searches the mind. He tests our hearts. He knows what's best. So who better to ask for help from? While he's there with you tonight, would you admit that maybe you struggle with making room for Jesus in your heart? Is it too full of other things? You've got a distracted Dylan complex, and you know it's time to do some heart house cleaning. Would you be willing to confess to Jesus that you haven't truly been present with your spouse? You're realizing that your head and your heart are too full of other things to really focus on loving your wife the way that the maker of the universe has called you to do it. Would you kneel before him and ask for help? While he's there with you tonight, would you admit that maybe you're a busy Bailey who lives in a constant state of doing and you haven't taken a good look at your heart in a long time? You don't know what it's like to just be, to get your significance from Jesus. Tonight could be the night you ask Jesus to give you a heart change, to ask his help in setting performance and accolades aside, to ask God as you serve, to let your efforts come from a heart that's joyfully okay if the work doesn't get done right away, a heart that's at peace because the people in your life are loved and you've spent time with Jesus Christ. While you spend time with him, maybe it's time to tell Jesus you want to have a must-have Jesus Mary kind of heart. And you need his help to get there. You want to be humble enough to learn from him, to do marriage his way, to choose Jesus best over your own definition of good. As you consider these heart changes that will actually result in life changes, you may hear Jesus telling you to get your heart right with the people in your life too. You might need to confess and actually repent for being that distracted Dylan or for being that busy Bailey. You might need to apologize to your spouse for serving them with a resentful attitude. You might need to ask her for forgiveness for not really paying attention to your spouse's needs or coming to their aid. If today's show has touched you, we would love to hear from you. You can visit our website. There's contact information there. You can even from our website, share this broadcast link with a friend, or you can drop us a line through email. That's info at vows We hope that you will consider your next step towards a must have Jesus Mary kind of attitude. And if we can pray for your marriage, feel free to contact us through vowstokeep.com. It's on that note that David is going to close us in prayer. Lord God, I pray that the individuals and couples that are listening today would take the time to let you examine their attitudes and their hearts, that you would show them that their words and actions show what's going on inside them, that you have not only the desire, but the power to change them from the inside out. I pray that our priorities would show that we are putting you first and not letting ourselves be so distracted, 
not getting so busy that we don't deal with the heart of what's going on. Lord God, I pray you'd help us to be teachable and that we would make time to be taught. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. Vows to Keep offers Christ-centered marriage resources for couples wishing to prepare, enrich, and renew their marriages. These resources include weekend retreats, conferences, date nights, and radio broadcasts across Ohio. Your financial gift will allow Vows to Keep to continue to help couples develop biblically healthy marriages. Please prayerfully consider making a donation to help serve future couples. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation or to find out more about Vows to Keep, visit our website at VowsToKeep.com. This program is sponsored by Vows to Keep of Zanesfield, Ohio.